everybody and welcome to the Going Upcast, a weekly feel-good podcast with movie reviews that are getting a prequel series later on this month. I talk about football and which team I support. I took a trip to Rattlesnake Lake up in the Cascade Mountains and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. So this week we cover a lot of stuff. I've watched The Dark Crystal in preparation for Age of Resistance, which comes out later on this month. In just a couple of days, I'm very excited about it. Talk about the NFL preseason and how that's going for me. Spoilers, it's going badly, but hey, it's the preseason, none of this matters anyway. I went up to Rattlesnake Lake for a reception with a couple of very good friends of mine. We talk about this cool thing I found out called Netbricks. And we also talk about how incredible Harry Potter is and some new songs of the week. And if you like how incredible this podcast is and you want to support the Going Upcast, well, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can go to goingcast.com forward slash store where you can get a audiobook reading of your choosing. Whatever book you want, I will read. Or you can get a mystery book for your dollar bills for the low, low price of $10. Could be literally any book. Could be anything. Um, I will say that many of these books are short stories, but perhaps there's a full feature-length thing in there. You never know what you're going to get with a mystery book. That's the point. That's the point of the mystery book. Or you can go to patreon.com forward slash growing up cast where you can become a $5 Patreon supporter and watch the monthly live streams. This month's live stream happened this past Sunday. We played Fallout 4, and it was a lot of fun. Used some console commands to make that shit go by just a little faster. Call myself fuckface. Oh boy, it was just it was just a fucking blast. And please follow us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash growing cast. You can like the page, get uh, notifications on when new episodes go up, when the chapters land. It all goes up on Facebook. It's also tied to my Instagram account, which you can follow at Going Up Cast, where you'll see a bunch of nature pictures I like to post and stuff like that. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Going Up Cast. That's enough shilling. Let's move on to the first thing in the podcast. So, this is later than I normally record stuff, but who cares? It's fine. Um, I watched a movie the other day, and it was a movie that I was I was doing some prep research. I was getting my getting my brain all warmed up for a show coming out, and uh, here in a little while on August thirtieth, the Dark Crystal prequel show, Age of Resistance. So I went back and watched the Dark Crystal. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe I actually saw that as a child. Could be wrong, um, but I don't believe I did. I definitely saw Labyrinth when I was a kid and all the other Muppet movies, um, but I don't think Dark Crystal was ever one of them. Um, we didn't own it on DVD. So for all intents and purposes, when I watched it a couple of days ago, that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And there's a couple of things that I really enjoyed about the movie. First and foremost, I'm a big Muppet fan. I'm, I'm the biggest Muppet. I love the Muppets. Muppets are sweet. Muppet Family Christmas. Muppet Treasure Island, fucking Muppets are great. And there's some great goddamn puppet shit going on in this movie. Some of that animatronic stuff, like the Astrolabe and um, Agra's house, that, that's impressive practical effects. Just straight up. That shit's cool. The design of the, the different races I thought was very neat, um, even if the Gelflings were a little simplistic. Um, apparently Jen is like a, a, like a Jim Henson in self-insert character, uh, which I thought was interesting. Puppeted by Jim, um, and I like I did some reading up on uh, on the, all the stuff because I I love uh, knowing like how they 
did the puppeting and stuff like that. I found out that the mystics um, were like the hardest ones to puppet for because the, the head, the whole weight of the head is on your fully outstretched right hand and you're kind of sitting back on your haunches and like basically walking with your ass like dragging on the ground with your knees moving forward with your hand fully outstretched. Uh, and that was such a difficult pose that even Jim Henson could only hold it for five to like nine seconds. So, you know, when they filmed those scenes of the mystics, like walking through the landscape, it was like, go. And then they all just like lift their hands up at the same time. And they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Two steps, three steps. Like that kind of stuff. Um, that was, that was very good. The whole movie is incredibly eighties. It, you know, it's the whole end of the world. Here's the evil guys. This guy's got the prophecy and the destiny. And you pick up companions along the way. And you do the whole thing. And come out on top. And it's all great and wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I appreciated that. I feel like... I feel like the movie could have used some more fun characters. Because um, you got the main guy, Jen... You got, you got his, his lady friend whose name I can't remember. Kira, I think. Um, you got Agra. And you got Fizz Gig. And that's kind of it. Um, I wish there was just like a couple of other fun characters like working together. Um, but despite like kind of the scale of the movie, it isn't very long. But it also isn't very well paced. It's a couple of scenes definitely drag. And the whole ending of the movie just kind of fucking happens. Uh, and you don't really get a good sense of really what things are like there's this race of like lobster crab people called like the Garhem or something like that and you don't really ever really learn much of anything about them just you know they're like kind of bad and that's it like that's all you ever get and then there's the podlings who are like potato people um, and they're just kind of there and then there's like some pretty dark stuff where like life essence gets drained out of them and they, they get turned into slaves um, and that's horribly depressing. And that's one of the, the uh, fun aspects of the movie. But it, it definitely delves deeper into those more intense kind of concepts. The absorption of life essence to obtain immortality at the sacrifice of others is a pretty fun concept. And it's been done fairly recently in movies. Uh, most uh, recently, I think, of which would be Star Trek Three. Um, or be like Star Trek Beyond, whatever it was called. Um, the main bad guy in that stole life essence to increase his immortality. Um, not only at the detriment of them, but at the detriment to himself. It was kind of hurting him as well. But it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a good not trope, but it's a good concept. And I hope it's one that they touch more on in the show. That's why I think the show is gonna have a lot of room to explore because the world is rich has a lot of really good characters um, in terms of like where it can go. A lot of great races were uh, shown in the movie. There were some puppets that we just see on screen that we never hear anything about. Like that world is, is full and it's rich and you can sink your teeth into it. And I think there's a lot of room for them to explore and do some really cool things in the show. And if you watch the trailer for the show, which dropped not that long ago, it has some incredible looking shots. Um, I will say that the, the HD-ness of the show reminds me a little bit of, like, Team America World Police. It just kind of has that feel to it of, like, hyper high frame rate puppet shit, which might kind of take me out of it because it doesn't look normal, you know what I mean? 
it doesn't look lifelike because I mean, it, you know, they're puppets, but it, they they're like really smooth puppets. Like in terms of the the way for the frame rate is done and stuff like that, it's a little it's a little jarring. But the the movie is solid enough. Um, it's definitely what I would like to describe as like a Sunday afternoon movie. You know, your weekend's almost over and you're trying to. Uh, relax as much as possible so you get like a light blanket to like put over your legs maybe you got a drink and a like an apple or something and you just want to watch something totally mindless and kind of take a nap this is a really good movie for that because it does not take much to keep up with the plot and it's got some nice images and the music's pretty good and it's very iconically 80s um and also the skexis are fucking that's just some grade a puppeting right there the designs were killer and um, I I really enjoyed them as a thing, and I can't wait to see more of that crazy stuff. I also like the Mystics a lot. I loved the look of them. Um, they looked very very Jim Hensony, and I liked that a lot. Um, I think Labyrinth is the better movie. I I might be offending some people, but I think Labyrinth is the better movie. Um, you can't you can't beat David Bowie. But if you want you want to know my favorite Muppet movie, that's Muppet Treasure Island because Tim Curry is a national goddamn treasure, and he fucking kills it kills it in that movie it's one of the best acting performances of anybody ever I fucking I fucking love Tim Curry in that movie so you want to be a professional pirate huh yeah and if I had the if the soundtrack was on Spotify we would have had professional pirate on the happy go lucky going up cast playlist a long ass time ago but it ain't on there so you're just gonna have to look it up on your own uh, Dark Crystal, definitely, definitely worth a viewing, especially if you're going to watch the show. If the show interests you at all, you should watch the movie just so you can get a, like a feel for it. Um, but keep in mind that the movie actually takes place after the show. So, keep that in mind. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my review of Dark Crystal. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. One of my all-time favorite things in, in the world is finally starting up again and i wanted to talk about it real quick and you know this isn't this is something a little bit outside the realm of what we would normally get into with the going up cast but with um the summer olympics in tokyo coming next year i want to kind of preface my love of sports uh by talking about the fact that the fucking football season nfl is starting up again and i'm very excited just want to let y'all know where my allegiances lie my family's been Rams fans since they were in L.A. in 1994, moved to St. Louis in 1995, and then came back to Los Angeles a couple seasons ago. And we were very excited and very hopeful that this season we will actually make it to the Super Bowl again and win this time. That's the hope and the dream. It's getting pretty boring watching the Patriots win all the time. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you that for free. So I'm hoping that the Rams can pull it off this year. Uh, we've got a pretty, pretty decent lineup. Uh, going through preseason right now. Just finished watching their Hawaii game against the Cowboys. Um, the Rams did lose, but I believe the reason for that is we were still playing our th- third and like fourth string players, and the Cowboys rolled out with their A squad, fucking Dak Prescott and the gang. Um, so they did win, but you know when you play your top tier against the third string and you still only win by four points, I know doesn't seem like your top string is all that top string to me. Um, but like we're so fucking not into the preseason like four or five of our best players didn't even fly out to Hawaii they're still in LA like training and shit so I don't know but I do enjoy football it's 
it's my like favorite yearly sport. I'm not too big into basketball. Not after like the Lakers stopped being their incredible like back in the era of Phil Jackson being the coach. You know, that was that was some prime Lakering. And now it's just like the team is unrecognizable as the Lakers, and they are they are the dregs of a once great dynasty. And baseball for me is only entertaining if you're there in person at the at the fucking uh, stadium. That's the only time I'm interested in baseball is if I go to watch a game. Um, but for football, because there are so few games in a year that you can kind of watch on TV, I watch every football game I can get my hands on. I don't really care who's playing. Naturally, I want the Rams to win every game, but it's just like if football's on, I'm going to watch it because while the Rams are my team, I've got a lot of teams that I will like back in a heartbeat, you know, like the Seahawks and the Vikings and whomever really is playing, you know, I'll pick a dude, I'll pick a team and be like, go these guys. I don't really care um, as long as the Rams win. Uh, so that's kind of, that's where I'm at. Didn't, don't really have anything else to talk about. I just love football. Football's, football's my jam. And it's nice to be able to watch a sport, you know, something that's just a little takes you takes you away from life, helps you recenter and be like, I'm just gonna zone out for three hours and watch this fucking football game. And of course, there's a Super Bowl every year, which is really fucking fun. Love the Super Bowl, it's good stuff. But yeah, football's great. And I'm glad it's back. Let's move on to the next thing podcast. So earlier today. I went out to a place in the mountains known as Rattlesnake Lake. It is a little bit past um, Issaquah, which is where I went to high school. And uh, the lake itself is quite small. I would estimate it would only take, when the lake is at like a low height, um, it would probably take a couple hours, maybe, maybe even one, to circumvent the whole thing. Um, I don't think it'd take all that long. Like, when you stand on the shore, you can see the entire lake. Like, it's it's a pretty small lake. Um, but it's so clear, and it's crisp. And um, I, have a, I have a couple of pictures I took, which should be going up on uh, goingcast.com forward slash blog, where you can go take a look. Or um, just look at my Instagram, goingcast on Instagram. You'll find lots of pictures on there, I'm sure. Uh, but I was up there for um, a wedding reception. It was... Uh, my best friend's older brother, they're going to tie the knot up in Norway uh, in a couple of months. So they were kind of doing like this pre-thing so like friends and family could get together and be like, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. And it was a lot of fun. And then um, my buddy and I, afterwards, um, I went to his place and we went out and got some dinner at um, a place in the Issaquah Highlands called Agave. And I'm naming it. So I can tell you to avoid it. Um, the food is fine. And I've never had what happened tonight happen to me ever. Including times when I've been to Agave before. So it was probably just the fact that it was like 10 o'clock at night. And they were closing like an hour. And they just stopped caring. But they dropped off the chips and salsa. And a bottle of water. And that's it. They did not give us... Glasses for the water, napkins, or silverware to consume our food. Um, granted, they also were not around to ask for, like, we couldn't ask them for these things. Because by the time they came around again, we had already, like, fucking using our survival skills, like, scrounged up some shit. 
Like we went to the cart, like the dish cart uh, across from us where there were some clean glasses and we got that squared away, but we could not find utensils to save our life. So we were just fucking eating the food with our fucking fingers like monsters. Um, but we got fajitas, so it was like, it was workable, you know? You just need to get the food and the tortilla and then we're good. But I was just, I was stunned. I'm like, how, how do you not, this is, this is basic 101. Hey, welcome to, welcome to busing school. Um, make sure your customers have the utensils they need to consume the food. That's fucking day one. And it was just like, whatever, fuck it, who cares? And then we had this funny idea of doing like a, like a Bear Grylls style survival show about mild inconveniences. And be like, right, we're trying to find a parking spot at this Costco. But this person just took our parking spot. So now we're on a hunt to find somewhere else to park. And it's like, you you know, you're going like five extra feet to the next thing in line and be like, right, we found the parking spot, but now we've got to get our rations together for the extra travel time to the front door. And it's just, we just kept going back and forth about stuff like that. Being like, we're pumping gas, but we pulled up on the wrong side of the gas station and the pump's on the wrong side of the car. So here's what we're going to do. And it was just, it was very funny. Um, the food was fine. I've certainly had better. I've certainly had worse Mexican food. Um, very, very middle of the road. Something that it's like, it's kind of like a nicer Azteca, you know, that kind of American Mexican food. Well, there's just a shit ton of rice and beans. Um, tasty rice and beans, but a shit ton of rice and beans. Um, and then we drove back uh, to, to my home and uh, he's on his way home right now it's very late at night i just wanted to share my uh my dining story because i was stunned and flabbergasted and um well should come as no surprise but it's the smallest tip i've given in quite some time so there is that but yeah it was a it's a fun day i very much enjoyed the lake i very much enjoyed seeing my friends again because they um they don't live locally anymore so i i very rarely get to see them and the fact that we're, they were all together for the for the reception was very cool. And I'm glad I got to spend some time with them. But uh, that's enough of that action. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. We've got two fantastic songs for you this week for Songs of the Week. The first one is naturally the cover. And this is the end of my, hey, check out how fucking cool Bruce Springsteen bit is you know for the last three weeks we've been talking about the old the old bossinator from new jersey and i wanted to wrap us off with uh my not my favorite springsteen song that was thunder road but this is the title track off of the same album so born to run i think one of the things i really love about springsteen's music is the uh aggressive use of saxophone and it's one of my all-time favorite things in rock and roll and music in general is the is the sound of a saxophone. That's one of the reasons why I love Meatloaf so much. And we're going to talk about him in the upcoming weeks. But just to finish off Springsteen in the manner to which he is due, let's listen to my cover of Born to Run. <laughs> Cross my engine Together we could break this trap We're gonna run till we drop 
other song I wanted to talk about this week is a song that is a fairly recent addition to my ears. Uh, while it is not a very recent song, actually came out a couple of months after I was born. This is Kiss from a Rose by Seal. It's I don't know much. I didn't know much about Seal. Uh, apparently, this was a Grammy Award-winning song. It won Song of the Year and it won Record of the Year and Best Male Pop Vocal Performance in the 1996 Grammy Awards, and it also featured in the film Batman Forever, which is not a great movie um, by any standards. But hey, you know what? Who doesn't like Batman? And it's um, it's a, it's a pretty good song, and it's got a slew of covers. Just an absolute avalanche of people getting their two cents in on this particular song. Um, probably my favorite version of it is a Nordic power metal supergroup called Northern Kings. Um, it's four incredible uh, musicians from a bunch of really great bands, including like Nightwish and stuff like that, coming together to do some popular song covers like Don't Stop Believing and Kiss from a Rose. And it's um, it's a pretty good song. I'm going to go with this, the, uh, the Seal version. Because uh, that's the original. While it might not be my favorite version of the song, I, you know, if you haven't heard it before, you should probably listen to that uh, that song. It's got some peculiar vocal decisions in it, like some random high notes just kind of sprinkled throughout the song. And I'm kind, I kind of tilt my head, going like, "Okay, that's that's interesting." Um, if I was to ever cover the song, I probably wouldn't sing it quite like that. But to each their own. And you know what? If y'all have particular music tastes that are outside my own and you want to suggest a song for Song of the Week, well, you can hit me up at gormcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up using the contact page at gormcast.com or using the brand new Gormcast Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash goingupcast. Just leave a comment any which, anywhere on that. I'll find it. Just do it. Just be like, plant. Talk about the Austin Powers theme song, and I'll be like, "Let's talk about the Austin Powers theme song." It's that simple. It's that easy. Don't even have to. Don't even have to think about it. Just blam, then, and we'll talk about some music. But for now, let's move on to the next thing. Podcast. In terms of my listening to fun things that I would all recommend you take a listen to, um, I finally started re well, not re-listening to, um, but I am trying to catch up on season two of Critical Role with the Mighty Nine. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I'm a pretty big fan of D&D in general. And Critical Role, like that was my fucking last couple of years in college. You know, I got in pretty much right at the start of the Briarwood arc and watched that shit live all the way through. Vox Machina has so many wonderful adventures and it's, it's fantastic. And Vox Machina to me is the classic tale of that good versus evil mentality. Same reason why I loved the Adventure Zone Balance arc so much because it it really did feel like you know these are these are heroes against evil like that's what it is and both amnesty as to, in terms of um the adventures and, and the mighty nine in terms of season two of critical role fall into the same area where the the main characters are not these these paragons of good they are flawed creatures um, with some some ash ish tendencies, you know, and as a person who really enjoys that classic good versus evil um, trope when it's done well, I'm looking at you, Harry Potter, you can fuck up, but like I really like that. So it was a it was a very shocking change when Mighty Nine came around, and they're they're not good people, 
and they don't do good because it's the right thing to do. They do it because there's something in it for them. While a more realistic story, to be sure, definitely didn't, like, hook me right away. And so, I watched, you know, live for quite some time, and then I stopped, and then I caught up again, and then I stopped. And then, I'm here now. And in listening to the most recent chapters that I've that I've partaken in, um, episode 58 and most of episode 59, I think I finally, I think it finally clicked for me. And... I, I was able to figure it out when I finished reading the Adventure Zone graphic novel. It all kind of synced together in my head. Because what the graphic novel did for me that I was able to carry over to season two of Critical Role was the separation of actor f from character. The graphic novel does that very well because it's just the character. Like, you can get a feel for, like, Travis and Justin and Clint, like, being there, like, their humor... But it really does feel more like you're reading the adventures of Magnus, Taco, and Merle when you're reading the graphic novel. There's that that division. And for so long, I was used to, you know, Travis being Grog and Liam being Vax. And that like that's just I associated the people with the character. Because in season one, those characters are more or less just altered versions of themselves. That's usually what happens when you play D&D. Like, for the first time, your D&D character will be an altered version of yourself. It'll, you'll have a lot of similarities between your first D&D character and who you actually are because it's so much easier to roleplay something that is closer to what you already believe in, that already shares your point of view. And so, when you make your next D&D character, when they made their next character's Amnesty or in the Mighty Nine, they are in many cases, very different from the actors that portray them. And they're very different from the characters they were in season one. And, you know, it took a while to kind of get used to that. But once I was able to finally just kind of close my eyes, imagine the characters, not the actors, the characters, then it was able to appreciate what was happening. And the characters became a lot more likable, I guess, in, in that instance. I was able to appreciate what was going on from their point of view a lot easier once I was able to make that distinction. And it's it's a lot of fun listening to her now. I you know, I hate that idea of like, I'll give the show like eight episodes and then it really gets going. Because like there's countless shows where it gets going like in episode one. It gets going right away. And I feel like, you know, if I have to waste my time watching half of the show before the show gets good, I'm not gonna do that. Cause that's a waste of my time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Avatar Last Airbender got me in episode one and stuff like that. But Critical Role Mighty Nine era, at least for me, didn't really get going until I was able to make that separation of actor and character. So if you can do that a lot sooner than I could, um, you'll you'll probably in, be into it way sooner. But I will say that in terms of like what they go through story-wise, nothing really got me until around this time. Like, once they're deep in uh, Jorhas... That shit is like now we're now we're moving and now some stuff's happening and I care what's going on, um and everything's happening for a reason you know um like instead of them being pirates on the ship and while that was all interesting and fun, not really no no it's just kind of throw my shoulders up in the air and be like I bet that'd be fun to play but it wasn't as much fun to listen to that's kind of my distinction there and while I'm on the subject of fucking things that you should watch and listen to. Travis Willingham's Yeehaw Game Ranch is fucking hilarious. So, 
I'm not sure if I've spoken about this before, but I'm going to talk about it like I haven't. Travis Willingham's Z-Haw Game Ranch is a Twitch live stream show with Travis Willingham and Brian W. Foster, who play video games, um, and that's it. That was the original pitch, right? And then slowly over time, and the best way you can experience this if you watch the first 10 minutes of each of the Travis Williams Yeehaw Game Ranches from the very beginning moving forward to the present, you will be exposed to a fantastic story told through almost like if Pee-wee's Playhouse just got super drunk and then just went ape shit because there's fucking puppets everywhere and I love it. I love me some good puppets. They, they're, oh, it's the best. But Travis Williams, Yeehaw Game Ranch, like, most of the show is just these two Chuckle Fox playing games in, in a fun set. You know, that's most of the show. But the beginning, when it starts talking about the game verse and charging the game soul and spinning the wheel and healing the rift and Bastilar and all these incredible characters, Tiantina, uh, Tetanus Terry, uh, Root and Toot and Ruby, like, there's... There's some shit going on, and there's some really good writing, and it's just fucking funny, and you'll be invested. So you gotta check out Travis Willingham's Yeehaw Game Ranch over there at the uh, the Critical Role Twitch page. Um, it's it's fucking it's fucking great, and it makes me feel so happy because uh, I just I love puppets, especially puppets that swear, but especially puppets that swear when it's good. You know, I'm not look I'm not talking about that happy time murder bullshit. I'm talking about Avenue Q. Like that's good shit. So this is this is Avenue Q puppet crap right here. Um, they don't sing uh, very much. Actually, one of them does sing. Um, Dracar Noir, which I believe is a type of uh, cologne or aftershave. Um, and that's it was pretty funny. But yeah, you can go enjoy all of those things. Um, you can also find it on their YouTube uh, page, youtube.com forward slash critical role. Anyway, that's enough shilling for things that aren't mine. Let's move on to the next thing your podcast. Another week, another batch of fantastic Harry Potter chapters. We have chapter 25, Shell Cottage, in which dipshit McGonagall Weasley is played by Sean Connery. Chapter 26, Gringotts, in which dipshit McGonagall Weasley is played by Batman. And chapter 27, The Final Hiding Place, in which dipshit McGonagall Weasley is played by Kermit the Frog. Um, or I just use the Kermit the Frog voice uh, for for Ron because it's just oh, it's just so much fun. Anyway, uh, this chapter highlight comes to us from chapter 27 in which I finally sit down and discuss one of the most ludicrous aspects of Harry Potter and joy. Glinting in the sun, he drew their eyes as they swigged the bottles of juice. The bottles of fucking orange juice. Juicing a pumpkin is disgusting. Like, I can't even fathom the consistency of that because the the inside of a pumpkin is pretty pulpy um i don't i'm sure you could juice a pumpkin but the real question would be why why would you do that why would you juice a pumpkin there are so many other things that are better juiced and it's like it's this it's this hang on right it's like oh wizards and witches they fly on broomsticks you know they have warts on their faces and they're based around halloween therefore pumpkins it's silly and I don't appreciate it. Anyway. Three brand new chapters land every Wednesday night, uh, eventually. And we are on, let's see, one, two. We got three weeks left of this, not including this week. So the 28th, the 4th, yeah. So the 11th of September 
will be the final day for Harry Potter. Four chapters are going to drop that day um, because that's how it's it's an odd number of chapters. So one day is going to have four chapters and it's the final day. Um, and the way it's actually going to work out, and I'll remind you as we get closer to it, um, I'm gone for a week in September. So the, the week, the third week of September, the 17th and the 18th, will not have any uploads whatsoever because I will be in Europe. Um, but that's actually pretty fortuitous because we're finishing book seven on the 11th. We take a week off and then coming back on the 25th, we start Game of Thrones. So I think it actually worked out pretty fucking nicely. I didn't like stop in the middle of book seven. We will upload the whole thing right before I leave. Like the day, the day before I fly out, the, the final bunch of chapters are going to go up and it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm very, I'm very happy with how this has all gone down, but uh, that's enough of that. Enjoy book seven. We're getting close to the end. You know, only a couple more Horcruxes to get and uh, a fucking evil dick bag to kill. So, go us. Let's move on to the next thing. Podcast. In the spirit of this is not sponsored and I have not personally done this, so I can't exactly recommend it, but I wanted to present it as an option in case people were curious about such things and we're just going to kind of have an open dialogue about it, even though this is a one way. Uh, kind of medium. Anyway, um, I discovered this thing a little while ago, probably a year ago at this point, uh, called Netbricks. And what it is, is it a Lego rental service where for a monthly payment dependent on the tier of subscription you subscribe to, you get access to Lego sets. Naturally, the lower tiers provide you with smaller Lego sets and the larger tiers get you the really big ones. And I've been thinking, I've been going back and forth on this. On one hand, it sounds like a really cool idea because I, for example, love building Lego sets, but once the damn thing is built, I don't really care about it anymore, you know? I don't have room to show off the thing, so nine times out of 10, I leave it built for a little while and then just break it down and put it in the box and just tuck it away. You know, for me, it's the act of building it. So the idea of being able to get the Lego set, build the Lego set, destroy the Lego set, and then get it the fuck out of your house and keep doing that, like getting that kind of same, like, oh man, joy of building it for the first time with new sets is pretty intriguing. So on that side, it's a pretty cool concept. On the other side though, it's it's a lot of money um, to not own the thing. You know what I mean? Like say what you will about Loot Crate, and um, all those like mystery mail subscription boxes. And while the, the stuff might not be the greatest thing in the world, at the end of the day, you get to keep the stuff. You know what I mean? Like Netbricks, you just get to borrow the stuff and then you got to send it back. And I will say that like, while the, like, let's take for example, the giant Hogwarts set, you know, they had a Hogwarts set, not all that, like a long time ago when Harry Potter was first a thing, they had a version of Hogwarts which I actually have, and it is significantly smaller than their revamped version of Hogwarts. It retails at, I believe, $400. It's over 6,000 pieces. That thing you could rent on Netbricks uh, with a two-month commitment because that's what you have to do for $160 over those two months. You could rent that set. I believe you get it for a month, so you could get a second set in that same time, so it's really more like $80 for the set. But, I mean, you don't get to keep it you get to build the thing and you send it back so if you want the lego set and you want to build it more than once without spending a bunch of money then you should just 
get the Lego set because while it may be more expensive up front, you get the thing forever and you can build it as many times as you want. If you're just looking to experience like a very particular Lego set, especially a Lego set that you cannot buy from a retail location anymore, things like the Terror of Orthanc from Lord of the Rings or the Imperial Star Destroyer Lego sets, like they don't retail those anymore as far as I'm aware. Um, but when they did, they were also obscenely expensive. You can rent those sets through Netbricks. So it does have some sets you just straight up can't get anymore. So that is also a benefit of that service. Um, it is, you know, depending on what you want, I can totally see it going either way. I do very much enjoy Lego sets, but I also enjoy the fact that I own things and I'm not the biggest fan of, of the, the, the rental idea. I think it's cool on paper. I'm not sure if it's cool in practice, but I just wanted to let you all know because I thought it was very interesting. And it's definitely one of those things that I've always been like, why isn't this a thing? It is a thing. You can rent Lego sets and then send them back so you don't have to deal with that shit in your house all the time. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's called Netbricks. Uh, again, this isn't sponsored because um, I've not done it and they've never contacted me. I just wanted to present it because I thought it was pretty cool. And hey, you know what? If you do it, let me know. Hit me up, goingupcast to gmail.com. Let me know how it goes. Um, or if you just like Lego sets like I do, uh, I might go out into my boxes of shit and fish out the old Lego sets and get a building because that shit's fun for me. But let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally this week, I want to talk about something that I feel like I finally got a good handle on and I thought I would share because it's it's something that I feel like most of us deal with and some people will be like, oh, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. But I'm going to talk about it because I think I finally fixed it. Um, and that is the uh, the ever-presence irritation of, of the old school acne, you know? Everybody deals with it at some point in their lives. Some people are lucky and, you know, they get it during their teenage years and then it just kind of goes away as they grow up and those people are incredibly fortunate. Uh, but then you got others who have that shit well into adulthood. I am easily amongst them. And I've been trying a lot of things, you know, seeing if I can finally just get a handle on it. And I think I finally found something that worked for me. I'm a couple of days into it, but my skin, my skin is like clearer and softer than it ever has been before. So I wanted to talk about what I've been doing to see if that helps anybody else because boy, it's a confidence booster, like 110%. It just, you feel, you feel good um, when, when you figure out uh, something that works for you. So the two things I've been doing, um, this is not sponsored. I want to, I want to state that for the record because some people would be like, since I'm going to actually tell you the very specific company of product I use, um, I want to make it clear right now that it is not sponsored. And this comes to uh, me from a recommendation from a coworker of mine, um, Kate Somerville, spelled S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. Um, the specific thing I've been using is called Eradicate, um, as in like K-A-T-E, like the first name of Kate Somerville. Eradicate Daily Foaming Cleanser. Um, it's pink in a bottle. Um, I got like the four fluid ounce version of it. It's like this. It's a big bottle. Um, and I know it's it's a it's like $36. So it's a little pricey. Um, but what basically what you do is stick that shit in the shower. Um, you know, you, you get some stuff on your hands. 
wash your face with it, rinse it off in the shower. Um, I'm supposed to do that twice a day, and then it'll, you know, it's got some, it's got medication in there. It smells wonderful, and it makes your skin feel real smooth, and it fucking almost overnight started to start clear my shit up. Like, just kind of right away, I started to notice a big difference, and it, it fucking, it works. It's a little pricey, but... For me, there like like for the price for clear skin, like there is there's no limit. I will I will do whatever it takes, and I feel like this stuff really works. I previously used another item from the same family of of goods, just the exfoliate uh, cleanser. The it was like a green one. Um, that one does smell nicer, but that one's just kind of like to clean out your your skin, not exactly to specifically target um acne. So it didn't make my skin better but it didn't make it 100%. And I feel like um, the, the Eradicate Daily Flumming Cleanser really does get you that extra step. And it provides that very specific attention towards that problem, and it, it helps immensely. Um, the other bit of advice I would like to give uh, is the, I was looking into uh, like lotions and moisturizers, because I was reading up that like um, dry skin can sometimes cause irritation, which can create um, inflammation. And I was looking into getting, like, a moisturizer and stuff like that. You know, it's those little shitty fucking tins of, like, you get, you get your wrinkle-free, whatever, $75. And I'm just like, that's fucking obscene. There's got to be a better way to do this. And I was looking into lotions and stuff. And I came across a couple of articles that said um, sunscreen was actually the way to go. Because sunscreen is designed to last a long time. And so it can help keep your skin moist and healthy. Um, with the added benefit of protecting you from the sun. And I was like, I'll give that a work. So uh, the Exfoliate um, Kate Somerville uh, Acne Wash combined with sunscreen has given me like the clearest skin since I was a child before before the stuff really started to kick in. Um, I'm not sure if it's just one or the other that's really doing it. Um, and I'm kind of scared to stop one and just see if it's the other. And therefore I'm just moving ahead with both. Um, but you know, it's, it's certainly helped, helped me with my stuff. It's getting better all the time. And, you know, I thought I would talk about it because I know I am not the only one out there that deals with this problem. I can, I know it's, it affects so many of us. And if I can help even one person out there get a wrangle on that, then I'm going to. And so those are the things I use. Um, I would highly recommend the, the Kate Somerville line of products, at least the two I've used. Um, I've had good experiences with those. Again, not sponsored, but you know what? Hey, Kate, what's up? Um, it's just, you know, makes me feel, makes me feel good about myself. And that's, you know, that's super important. True happiness comes from within, after all. And I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode of Going Upcast. It means so much to me that you waste your valuable ear minutes uh, listening to me talk about football and uh, Dark Crystal and other dumb stuff that makes, makes me and hopefully others happy. And uh, it means the absolute world to me. I uh, enjoyed tomorrow night's Harry Potter chapters and I'll see you next week for another brand new episode. Have a good one, everyone.